Welcome back to What in the Word on the Religion Podcast. Today we continue reading the book of Ephesians and discover Paul's timely and timeless message to Christians around the world. We explore our sin, His grace, and how we are to work from that grace, not for it. We also see how God sent Jesus to unite a divided people and how He encourages us all to remember that this world is not our home, but we can still have a little bit of heaven here on earth. So grab your Bible and follow along, or just sit back and let us do the reading as Religion Reads, Ephesians chapter 2. Welcome to the Religion Podcast with Adam and Blake where a couple of broken dudes ask a bunch of questions about the answer and the life that comes with living for it. What in the word? What in the word? Remote again. Back at it again. With Blake's the in his car. <laughs> yep. Freezing. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my car. Not freezing right now. There's going to be a big storm that comes later that probably would freeze me out under different circumstances. So thank God that I get a 40-ish degree day versus what's coming in our neck of the woods, which is basically anywhere between 20 and zero degrees and freezing yeah. rain and stuff like that. So anyway, we're in, a, we're in the book of Ephesians, and we're now in chapter two. We went through chapter one last week. You know, once again, for the uninitiated, this is where real, the religion podcast reads real scripture in real time with real reactions. We come to stuff that we want to dig into. We stop and we dig into it. We've done some saying we're between some mild skimming over this to some i didn't really read it but let's just roll with it so <laughs> yeah not, not gonna say who's who but yep. we we're uh we're gonna go ahead and do it and basically if if you're reading along with us we're using the uh english standard version and it kind of breaks it up into two two chunks of text really sort of two sections and so i figure i'll go ahead and take the first one and then okay. adam close this out so so here we go uh, Ephesians chapter two, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So I'm going to stop there. I feel like I definitely had, as a Christian, I'm obviously there was a point in time where people were not saved and then they were saved. But you and I are very different in the fact that like you grew up in the church. Yeah. And I did not. I feel like I had a really solid stretch where I was this stuff. Okay. <laughs> like, I, like I could look back at times in my life where I was like, wow, I was just. I was a son of disobedience. I was someone who was going along in my life, had no cares in the world and no cares of the, of the afterworld, so to speak. No cares of what God thought of me, didn't pray, didn't think about him, didn't think about his plan for my life. I just wanted to go about, do my thing, have fun, my plan, my way or the highway, whatever. Yeah. So growing up in the church, did you have anything remotely resembling this uh, in that way well yeah i mean like just because you're in a church doesn't make you have it all figured out or sure 
honestly, a lot of people even, you know, go to church and, and don't really even adhere to, you know, what they're, what they're being told or what they're listening to or what they're supposed to be learning. So just because you're there doesn't mean you're not all of these things. Sure. Um, and even when, you know, even if you're trying, even if you are a Christian, you've, you know, you've mm-hmm. turned your life over to, to God and you're trying, uh, it sometimes takes a little while, I guess, to, to figure out how to control these passions of your flesh, the desires sure. of the body, the mind, uh, you know, the things that we've lived with all of our life up until that point. And so no matter when we get saved, even mm-hmm. though we know, you know, maybe there's a better way or, you know, being raised in church, I think that was the big difference is like, I always knew what that meant. Yeah. Versus someone who maybe wasn't raised in church. It didn't seem mm-hmm. foreign to me, but there's also a little bit more pressure that comes with that because you know what it means. And so it gets really easy to, to be hesitant about accepting that because you understand the weight of it and you've seen it and you've seen other people live it before you. And you think, I don't know that I can do it as well as they did. And then Mm -hmm. Satan uses that to say, Oh man, look, you know, look how busted up you are. Like you're nothing like those people. You know, you could, you could never, you know, you want to wait until one of the biggest lies he told me was you want to wait until like you're ready to do this until you're sure that you can do it. Uh, because you don't want to start this and then just, you know, flop like so many other people have just, you know, get all jacked up for Jesus. And then next thing you yeah. know, you're, you're out doing your thing. Like, it's like, you need to have it all kind of under control. And then when you do, you know, yeah, you go, you want to be a Christian, but you want to be a good one. You would yeah. think that, that Satan would never tell you, you want to be a good Christian, but that's what he told me. Well, uh-huh. it is, and just, just, uh, mm-hmm. I don't mean to cut you off, but this kind of goes back to one of our previous full episode podcasts where we talked about you know, our identities as either sinners or saints. And yeah. you talked about how there's a whole culture, a church culture and church people in church who are basically like, if, if you're saved, you don't sin anymore. Sinners yeah. sin. Yeah. And so, then when you have that, like, that's the standard. And you think, I don't know that I can do that. And it almost seems, seems unattainable. Yeah. So I think that's what we're trying to do is to say, okay, we need to we need to really look at scripture and look at our lives and look at how we present ourselves and say, are we presenting ourselves in a way that seems believable, that mm-hmm. seems attainable, but also doesn't seem like we just make light of it. Um, yeah. You know, someone like you said, I think you said, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't give, you know, just having the net, the, the label of center doesn't mm-hmm. give you much to aspire to or someone else much to aspire to. Yeah, um, you know, it may seem attainable, but it doesn't seem like much to aspire to. So I thought that was really good. Um, yeah. And I think that applies here as well. So uh, don't, you know, I, I don't ever want to paint the picture that I, because I was just as lost as anybody else, but I yeah. was in church. Um, and so I'm glad that I finally chose to, but I think there was probably a time that, you know, my parents worried if I would. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, a bad person per se, like, yeah, like the world would say a bad person is, but yeah, I knew in my mind, I wasn't a good person. I knew, you know, the innermost thoughts of my, my mind and the feelings in my heart. And, uh, you know, the Mm -hmm. things that, that maybe you wouldn't tell anybody. Um, Yeah. All have, we all have to live with ourselves around the clock. And so, you know, to, to look at this and say, I wasn't anything like you probably was more than I would than, than I would even admit, uh, mm-hmm. we may have been more similar than we think, but maybe we, one of us kept those hidden 
and the other gotcha. accepted them. So okay, uh, I think we wrestle probably wrestle with a lot of the same stuff. You know, people that are yeah. in church and people that are out. The difference is how openly we wrestle with it or how quickly we just accept it and let it, you know, just let it be a part of what we do. Uh, yeah. You know, there were things that I knew not to do. And, you know, I tried to be a rule follower, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. but you know, we, we all have thoughts and, and, um, we all get tempted by, and we all things fall that for by it. nature. Yeah. Things that by nature, uh, desires of the body and the mind and we're by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And so mm-hmm. I would say I fell under that just like you did. Yeah. So verse four, you get two of probably, I'd say a lot of Christians' favorite words, but God yeah, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. Okay, so that in the coming, you want to stop? Yeah, you might as well stop because you're going to get right. on a roll. Okay. Go, all right, <laughs> all right. I don't yeah, know yeah, that. You, many... you were right. You're right. I wasn't yeah. going to get on a roll. So, that's one ahead. of those big verses. Like that's, well, there's a song, um, you know, it was dead in my transgressions, wandering in sin, you know, that, but God rich in mercy um, that, you know, without that, but God, mm-hmm. where would we be? You know, in spite of all of that, you know, that, but, you know, Mm -hmm. how, you know, that shows that we didn't deserve it. That shows that we weren't worthy of it in the first place. Here's Mm -hmm. what we brought to the table. We brought verses one through three (laughs) and he brought the rest. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I heard somebody say one time, you know, know, they'll say, you know, you got to, you got to maintain your salvation or work for your salvation or earn your salvation and they're like mm-hmm. the only thing that i brought to my salvation is the sin that made it possible and made it necessary mm. um, you know that that's it like but god yeah. saw all of that and still chose you know to give me grace yeah that's and so it yeah. kind of goes different from james don't it you know yeah. when james is kind of focusing on now that now that you have grace how should you act yeah the saying okay you may have a hard time accepting grace, mm-hmm. but here, you know, here's, here, this is grace. You know, yeah. you didn't do anything to earn it. Here's where you were, but God yeah, saved you by grace and raised you yeah. up and seated you with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, based on, based on verses one through plea, three, a place where we definitely don't deserve to be is seated next to jesus yeah <laughs> you know in the heavenly places and things like that uh and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna continue on with verse seven but before yeah. i do since i actually did read through this uh you know we talked <laughs> since about i james. actually did because i so we know who didn't oh, me uh that's okay <laughs> uh you this this is only my, this is i'm getting i'm trying to get better at this so later on spoiler alert there is actually something that is mentioned in in this uh chapter of ephesians that kind of like harkens back to or ta- or ties to what we did talk about in James. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw that out there. So verse okay. seven, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. 
For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Stop. So what I was just talking about, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, we are saved, you know, saved by grace and not just, and another thing, not just saved by grace, the end saved by mm -hmm. grace through faith. Mm -hmm. So we, it's like the grace is there, but we have to, we have to accept it. We have to believe that it's real. We have to believe in, in who it came from. And we have to believe in a God that loved us so much to send it our way and basically offer it up to us. It's like, here it is. Do you believe in me? You want it? Well, and you'll here notice the grace comes before the works. Yes. And that's, you know, and that's exactly it. So yeah, like, you, he, the you, you know, the, we were in sin, but God showed grace. So we may do works. Yes. That's the thing. For so for yeah. him, you know, to represent and him. And, and people and, and people, a lot of people now, and a lot of people back then had things completely flipped. Yeah. They thought the good works was what's work. saving them. I got to do the work to get my salvation. Like I've well, got a lot to... of the world religions now, you know, it's based on this, you know, this feeling of, you know, am I doing enough, you know, to try to pay off my debt mm -hmm. and, you know, Christianity says you'll never do enough, but God, God. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing that I thought was really cool is that, you know, it talks, it makes a reference to doing good works and, uh, and and it kind of that ver those verses it almost makes you forces you to flip your attitude on why you're doing trying to do the yeah. good works in the first place because as opposed to I got to do the good works because I got to cover my butt so I can get to heaven as opposed yeah. to look I'm giving you heaven yeah like here's the grace like yeah. believe in me and A now the person you know should have work should produce yeah. works. Yes. And now that you know you have this and now that you are secure, you know, now that you have that security and now that you have that, you know, this incomparable feeling of knowing that, you know, you have this grace through faith in Jesus. You should be from that. Be, the good work should just come almost yeah. automatically. You should yeah. want to do them as a result. Yeah. Um, I, a guy one time I've heard I heard it said you know, you, you don't work for your salvation. You work from your salvation. Yeah. And like, I've always line. went back to that. I'm like, man, that makes perfect sense. Like now that I'm saved, I need to be doing something. Um, but you know, you look at this verse eight, um, mm -hmm. this is not of your doing. It is a gift. We think about a gift, you know, if, yeah. if I choose to give you a gift, the purpose of giving you that gift is not so that, you know, you'll give me three gifts. Um, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's just something that I choose to give you. Uh, maybe I, you know, I give it with no hope of return, you know, something coming back in return. That's not the purpose of me giving the gift. The gift is something that I want to give to you. Uh, even if you don't deserve it, even yeah. if you didn't earn it, even if you don't have the money to pay me back, like, you know, obviously you don't give somebody a gift and say that was $27. So I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to have that, you know? So yeah. why do we think that the gift of grace is any different? God gave us this gift this amazing gift of grace mm -hmm. and regardless of what we try to do, we can never pay it back. And he doesn't ask us to, 
it's not that one is paying off the other. It's not that we have to try to make it up. It's not that we have to try to earn it. It's not that, um, you know, he saved us. And so we need to start giving him Mm. that back. It's just, you were saved through grace works almost shouldn't even be tied. Works and grace almost shouldn't even be tied together. Like Mm -hmm. grace was a gift. Yeah. Works is the result of that gift. Yeah. It's not that one pours into the other. It's one pours out of the other. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I think we, you you can ramble through this quite a bit. I feel like I have, but the feeling that, that God just chose one day to say, okay, I'm going to send my son. Yeah. All of those people. Yeah. I can just tell you this, just from my limited amount of Bible reading so far, uh, Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 10 is a, is a nice, it's already way up there on my favorite, like chunk of verses yeah. <laughs> in, in the Bible, because it just, it lets me, it lets me know it up. where I was before I accepted Jesus. And it lets me know where I am now because, after, of, Jesus. because of Jesus and, and like, what's and expected ten, of you as a result of that. Yeah. And it's in 10 verses. Yeah. And it's like, Paul's really good for that. Like Paul will just say, okay, let's go back to where we were. And then, you know, like he'll mm-hmm. retell his story of how he was converted uh, different times. And he'll say, you know, I was this person and then I met Jesus and now yeah. I'm this person. And it's like, he just throws it in there. Like, oh yeah, this is my story. And like yeah. we said last week, that's one thing people can't discredit is your story. Yeah. Where you were, sure. where you are now and what happened mm-hmm. in the middle. Uh, yeah. So I'll pick up on 11. All right. Sounds good. Um, so you're going to give me the circumcision verses. It's great. <laughs> well, um, I, I didn't intend, I didn't intentionally do that. That's just kind of, that's just kind of how it fell into place. So okay. uh, anyway, take it. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. So let's get this straight. Who are they talking about here? The Gentiles and the Jews. So yep. the circumcision party and the uncircumcision party yes what a party like yeah. of all the things that you use to just designate yourself like we're talking about, the, we're talking the, about circumcisions and non-circumcisions yeah, the, here the we're in weird territory i guess the ritual that it kind of became um you know because god commanded one man to do this and mm-hmm. to do this to his family and you know it was kind of a way to separate them from these other people yes. and then from that they took something like that, just an act that one man did that was passed on down to separate them from other people. Maybe it was, maybe it was for health benefits as much as anything. You know, I don't know. I don't know yeah. why God chose that. Like, why was that? Yeah. The thing that yeah. He, this is what I want you to do. Um, mm-hmm. But that was it. So yeah, it may be one of those. Sometimes I wonder if it was one of those things that just sort of got, you know, got sort of thrown out of its place, but you know, God told him to do this, for whatever yes. purpose. And then yes. from that, they just grabbed it and said, oh, oh, so we're all supposed to do this. And by doing that, that makes us special. And then yes. you are not that. So you are not as special as us. Mm-hmm. And so it just like anything else, it went from being um, something that was supposed to draw you closer to God. Yeah. Something that made you start competing with other people, therefore yeah. making, drawing you farther away from God. Yeah. And, so the, the thing that was supposed to bring them closer to God was ultimately one of the things that Jesus had to come and, and sort of tell them to quit. Uh, yeah. Quit, quit making that your religion. You know, quit yeah, saying it's like this is the circumcision party and they're the uncircumcised. 
Yeah, it's like it's like when we talked about in the in the most recent episode with uh, how Christians should and should not act on social media. It's like what is in modern society the I'm going to look at somebody's Facebook posts or their pictures of their vacation and be like, it's like, see, it's like we're special because we get to do this or we're special because we got this going on and you don't. Back then, it was something else. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that. So yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll whatever you decide that. to do with that, that's interesting. Yeah. But you know, it goes to show you that people will make a competition out of anything, True. and they'll use anything as an opportunity to lift themselves up and beat someone else down. Yeah. So where'd and, you leave off? Make, leave off? make that their god as you know. It, um, so I think you. I think 12. you left off. Yeah, left off at twelve. So uh, yeah, well, I didn't even get through. I just stopped at the circumcision there, uh, which is made by the made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, there's that but again. Mm-hmm. You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. He has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, Mm -hmm. and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. That's a good place to stop. Yeah. Through him you're both good in my book if you accept this grace through faith so like stop focusing on this thing you think he's talking about like the two being like gentiles and jews that's kind of where i think it is like he's one it it sounds to me like for what i'm getting from this is he's wanting to bring together like one church under the body of christ Mm. kind of thing and if we're over here bad talk if the jews are over here bad talking to gentiles and gentiles are over here bad talking to jews then where's the unity where is the thing that's bringing them together so that's kind of what i got of it do you see do you have another take on it uh no that's kind of where i was what i was kind of where i was kind of going with that uh you know the funny thing is and this kind of gets into a whole other you know not going to go into a big tangent but it is interesting that that god chose israel Mm -hmm. out of all the nations those were his chosen people, you know, like what, to what end, why did he call those chosen people? You know, I've, I've wondered that sometimes, like, why did he choose Israel? Um, mm-hmm. And then that gets into the, you know, the, the stuff we talked about a couple of weeks ago with predestination and or the last yeah. week, I guess, uh, where he mentions that. Um, but it was like, you know, why did he choose them? Why did he elect those people? And, you know, you and I talked a few weeks ago about that. Mm-hmm. What, what I really came up with, and I think we'll probably do something a little more in depth on that, but yeah. uh, it, it kind of really hit me that God chose them for a purpose. Like everything that God does, it's, it's for his glory and it's to some other end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when it goes back up here and it says, you know, God sent Jesus, you know, for, you know, he sent him uh, that you may be saved through faith, not of your doing so that, you know, it's none of your, you know, you might, you don't want to boast, but mm-hmm. you still have to do good work. So like to what end, like God saved you for a purpose. What was the purpose? he chose you so that you can help others learn about him. You know, I think that was the whole, that's the whole purpose. Like he didn't just choose me so that I can go home and sit and wait on Jesus to come back. Like he chose me so that I can go out and teach others how they can be, you know, saved as well. 
Um, I think he did the same thing with Israel. He chose Israel out of all the nations so that those people could be a light into the world and that mm-hmm. through them, they would learn about, you know, the coming Messiah, but then they would also have people that are being a light and a witness to the one true God when there were so many other gods competing for that title. Mm-hmm. You know, they were going to be this chosen people that God was going to raise up and use as an example of, you know, his might, his power, and ultimately his son that was going to come through, you know, through those people. Um, yeah. And so here's these, these elect people that were chosen and they weren't just chosen to sit in their, you know, in their town and say, look at us, look at these mm-hmm. circumcised people, how awesome we are. And yeah. that's what they made it really quickly was we're chosen, we're elect, look at us, yay us, you all are bad, mm-hmm. we're good. And <laughs> so Jesus had to come in and say, nope, that was not the point. The reason yeah. why we chose you was so that you could help them learn about me too. And mm-hmm. you missed it. You, yeah. you kept it in, in-house instead of taking it out into the world. And yeah. so when Jesus came, he took those two sides because honestly, the Jews weren't doing a very good job at their, you know, at their commission to mm-hmm. save, you know, and tell other people about it. So he had to come and say, okay, no, new, new sheriff in town. Uh, yeah. The way that you all are doing it is not the way that it was designed. You all are not being the representatives that we chose you to be. So from this point on, it's just open to all of them. They can come mm-hmm. the same way you all did and yeah. like tore down that wall. Um, uh-huh. You know, because if not, you think, well, why did he choose them if then he unchose them? You know, it's like, like yeah, he, yeah. now he opens it up, but he's the one that put the wall up in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he created a division in the first place because he, you know, if you look at it like they were just chosen out of all the people that they would be the only ones saved. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, why did he just pick them? But it's like, no, he picked them so that they could share it with the world. Yeah. And they weren't doing it. So he came down and tore down the wall and said, okay, I'm just going to, mm-hmm. I'm just going to work through all of you. Yeah. Um, that's so what we got really verse 17. Long, yeah. A really long uh, ramble there, but that's all right. Uh, verse 17. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. Hmm, there's that saints word mm-hmm. and members of the household of God. Okay. So we talked about being strangers, sojourners, pilgrims, aliens mm-hmm. passing through. Yeah. And so 19 says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, mm-hmm. but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom yeah. the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Wow. Um, a lot to talk about there. I'm going to, <clears throat> I'm going to jump in and just say like, I love the idea of he, pre- he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Yeah. I like that visual. I, I like the idea because how many, you know, there's, there's some people who, I think there's some people who feel that they're far off, but then they could look at somebody else and be like, wow, they're really yeah. far off compared to me. Uh, and yet he, they all, you know, there wasn't, there's not like this little exclusive club of people that 
that Jesus wanted to hear to, you know, to tell people about him, like, yeah. you know, and want other people. Well, and you mentioned earlier, like, you know, you were out here doing your own thing and just kind of living it up. And I was in church and you're like, well, you know, was that different for you? I would consider yeah. myself maybe one of those who were near. Yeah. But I still needed a savior. You know, I yes. was close to it. So it wasn't as hard for me to hear it, but I still yeah. had to accept it. Yeah. So I like the, I like the idea that it's, it's, it's something tall. for literally everybody. It's for everybody. And then the yeah. other thing that I thought was, excuse me, it was interesting is that, uh, you know, Christ being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the mm -hmm. Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. I like the idea that he's, and, and this is something that you may want, want to chime in on, but it's just like, I like the idea that he's always working on us. Mm -hmm. or at least he's trying to work on us because mm -hmm. i think sometimes he's trying to work on us and we're like not this year lord like yeah i'm, I'm it's like it's like you listen work on me later i got some stuff i need to get out of my yeah. system you can work on me later but like and he's like no no nope. yeah and the and you know the whole idea it's like there's nothing that any of us do in our lives that we're working on 24 7 365 like mm -hmm. you play guitar but, yeah, but i don't play all you time. put the guitar down yeah like you go to work, but you go to work for, you know, however many hours a day, and then you stop, and then you well, come It's kind of like we There's talked like, about in the last, I think in the last episode, we we talked about sometimes you can be neutral, and you mm -hmm. can just stand. You know, the yeah. Bible speaks of, you know, be still and know that I'm God. And then there's times where it says, okay, get up and do something. Like, mm. you, you can't always lay down and be still, but sometimes God wants us to to be still. Sometimes God wants us to listen. He wants us to rest. He wants us to, to learn. Um, and then there's other times he wants us to do, but yeah. none of those times is an excuse to say, okay, there's, there's still neutral. And then there's positive, you know, growing, doing, we shouldn't ever be negative. Yeah. Like we shouldn't be tearing down what we're trying to build up. You, know, you mm -hmm. can't tear it down if you're just being still listening, but you can tear it down if you're working one day for God and, seven days you know six days a week for you know for satan and then trying mm -hmm. to make it all up on sunday you know that it's not going to cut it so yeah um, you know there's times where i think we do we do have seasons to where there's mm -hmm. something that really drives us there's an opportunity and then there's other times where he says okay uh just sit and listen sit and rest sit and grow uh, yeah but none of that time he says yeah just go home just uh you know why don't you why don't you take take the week off from being a christian and go do what you want Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, there's not an off day from that, but yeah. there are, there are peaks and valleys, I think, in, in what, you know, in our calling, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Man, this is good. So, yeah, I I'm like a... the fact that it says, you know, we are being built together. You know, he's talking to these people, these churches. And, you know, that's the other thing I think about him talking to these churches and these churches getting this letter and reading this together, you know, in a, in a group, you know, when they're all, um, sitting in their Bible study and they say, Oh, we got a letter from Paul. Oh man, read it. Let's read it. And so they, you know, they read this letter and, you know, he gets to this end and he's like, Hey, here's, here's what God's doing with you. Here's what he's wanting to do. You know, he's wanting to grow you all together into a holy temple of the Lord. You're all being built together for a dwelling place for God. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, I could just imagine they're like, wow, you know, no kidding. We, we didn't know if anyone noticed, but you know, that's yeah. what he's doing with us. Okay. Verse 15. 
by abolishing yeah. the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making mm -hmm. peace. What do you think of that? Being built together in the fact that you, God gives you the spirit of his son that's inside of every single one of us. Yeah. And even like this sojourners and strangers thing, we've read that, we've talked about that, you know, that we look at this world and we say, you know, we're just passing through. We're not, you know, this world ain't our home. We're just passing through. We're pilgrims, we're sojourners, uh, we're aliens, you know, in this world. But, you know, he kind of flips that on its head and he doesn't say you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens in the world. Mm -hmm. He says, you're no longer strangers and aliens, you're fellow citizens in the household of God. Yeah. And so it's like, it just goes ahead and fast forwards it to like, you're so not at home right here that we're not even going to talk about the fact that you're out of place right here because your home yeah. is in this place that God's growing you all together to be not only where you're going to be, but you should be building this church, this group of believers, these people. Once again, he's talking to these churches mm -hmm. and you should be building such a place that it feels like an extension of heaven. Yeah. You know, that, that you shouldn't feel like aliens and strangers because you have this, this church, yes. you know, these, these people that are going to make you feel like your home. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. And I've never noticed that before when I read that, that, you know, it almost yeah. kind of, it, it gives the, the orphan a place to live. It gives the stranger yeah. someone who knows him. Um, everybody talks about, everybody, everybody talks about the expression, like, Oh, it's a slice of heaven. It's like, well, yeah. like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it is. So anyway, um, I think it's pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, Ephesians two is really, really, really good. And yeah, I've, so, been, I've been enjoying this book and I think, you know, I, th I can tell you've been enjoying revisiting this book. Yeah. I like it. We'll be getting into Ephesians uh, chapter three next week. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and take up the prayer duties today. I'm going okay. to close this out in prayer. If you're uh, in a place to do so, uh, pray along with us. So Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Uh, thank you for the word here in the book of Ephesians. Thank you for letting us know where we stand with you. If we have, if we have faith in you, letting us know that uh, you've extended this amazing gift of grace that we didn't deserve and that we can accept it and do good work from it. God, I pray that you would just take the words that we've read today and help them to strengthen our spirit and let us become just more aware of uh, the Holy Spirit that resides in each of us and let us be a light to the world wherever we go. We thank you for everything that you do and all the blessings that we have. And we say these prayers in Jesus's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Real Legend Podcast. We hope that something that was said today inspires you to come to know God in a real way. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to help you on your journey. So email us at realreligionpod at gmail.com. That's R-E-A-L-I-G-I-O-N pod at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on social media. Thank you for your support.